What's up, world? Welcome to the Nola Row Experience podcast. I am your host. Yes, you are. Nola Row. <laughs> <laughs> He's picking on me. This is his subtle way uh-huh. of picking on me. Oh. Uh-huh. It's revenge. Guest are here. I, 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 I <laughs> <laughs> we have a guest, and uh, a lot of people won't know that Victor? our guest, you think they know who this is? Nah, he's behind. If they real listeners, they should. If they real, (laughs) yeah. If they real listeners, they know. If you're a real listener, if you listen, if you're joining today, it's all good. Welcome, absolutely. Thank you for joining. Please come back. We Mm -hmm. love you. But uh, usually, we have the gentleman behind the scenes making sure everything is running smoothly and we're looking good, sounding good. Shot of adrenaline is our producer, y'all. But he does other things in the world. Oof. Tell me about it. Yeah, I do a lot. <laughs> like, literally tell me about it. Is that your way of saying he do too much? <laughs> do, literally like tell Everybody is doing too much right now, seriously. Right. But tell the people what your are we calling it 9 to 5? Like that sounds so outdated now. What do we call it now these days? Uh, your work Passion, work passion, right? What's work your passion. What's your job? That sounds job. Don't sound good. I mean, would you call it a job? I mean, yeah, by nature, it's a job. Okay, but, um, uh-huh. we're doing I, way too but much. But it's also something yeah. you're passionate about. That's yeah, why. For sure. That's why I was like work passion. So you guys might know me as Shot of Adrenaline, uh, but to certain communities, I'm Eli. Um, it's a fact. <laughs> even though that's kind of just like. Shot of adrenaline point one. Yeah. You know, same thing. But <laughs> um, thankfully, I've been able to um, find my way into the technology space uh, by way of a uh, nonprofit tech company, a nonprofit tech company called Emergent Works that allows for folks to uh, who are coming home to learn digital literacy and uh, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, digital yeah. literacy and um uh, coding, pardon me. So, you know, the great thing about being at this uh, organization is that we're helping folks um, not just learn how to code, or for those who don't know what coding is, programming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being able to prepare for the future. Like being in the tech space doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a software engineer or you have to be, you know, a data analyst. If you have a smartphone, you're a digitalist, you're a technologist to some degree. And um, through our programming, uh, we're really helping people find their niche in the future. So, dope. Okay. So it kind of sounded like that might be the topic. That ain't the topic. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, we love to highlight certain issues that we feel, you know, conversations should be um, louder, right? Mm. But we also like to present solutions. And Eli, now we're calling him Eli. Cause yeah, y'all can call me adrenaline. It's fine. <laughs> it, don't, it don't matter. It's cool. Because this is like a, a alter ego <laughs> type of thing. Eli by day, adrenaline by oh, night. Eli's yeah. alter ego. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Oh, okay. Well, um, EW or Emergent Works offers a solution, so we're going to get to that. But today we're talking about the school-to-prison pipeline. Yeah. And what is that exactly? It's literally what it sounds like. Uh, Imagine a person, boy or girl, being in school, but having a very specific set of systems mm. that send them straight to prison. Mm. And it sounds like a movie. It sounds like fiction. Yeah. But it's yeah. real. But we can't talk about the school to prison pipeline without first talking about real estate. Yes. Because really and truly, this is where it originates, yeah. right? Mm. So we can talk about the history of banks and how. Uh, lobbyists and the government affect the things, the vile and disgusting things that banks have been able to get away with. Mm -hmm. But what I want to highlight is the fact that for years, for decades, it's been a real thing that banks discriminate. You will walk into a bank and if you call them up on the phone, hi, my name is Michael. They don't know you're black. Yeah. Hey, Michael, we would love to have you come through. We can do that for you. But then when you get there and they yes. see that you're black, 
then all of a sudden it's oh okay that's still happening i saw oh you live where i saw a post that was like um this guy had some uh this black guy had um appraised his house and got one number then he had Mm -hmm. somebody else a white guy appraised his house or get an appraisal and it was like double the number it's it's about um Crazy. about two to three hundred thousand dollars more, oh, God. and That's he so actually studies up. discrimination. Like he actually teaches that as well. Wow! And he knew that something was off with that, so mm. he got a colleague to come in, and they removed all the Shout photos. Out to him. Yeah, all of the photos out of the house. So when the appraiser comes, he doesn't know that this is a black person's house. Yeah, yeah, and. It's funny that I actually dealt with that exact company uh, to do a mortgage. That's really? so funny. So when they came up on the news, I was like, uh, we, <laughs> we out of here. <laughs> but, That's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's so and they sad, were sued. There, you know, the multiple people were being sued with that. And yes, it is sad because what ends up happening is we, the, the bankers, they will stick these black people in a certain mm-hmm. area and it's called redlining. Yes. Like if you look at maps and diagrams that city planners um, have, they literally have a red line on it yeah, where yeah, sure. they yeah. the red Outline line per block sometimes. Absolutely. So yeah. It's a fat red sharpie and they yeah. <laughs> sketch where Wish they, it was fat as thin. You ever they look sure at like, okay, this house is oh, I you, yeah. <laughs> you ever look at an apartment listing or a housing listing and it says quiet block? Ah, uh, yes. That yes, always yes. stood out to me. I'm like, hmm. the block is quiet. Yeah, so what's like, happening we around made it, it that way? But it's a thing where you could have one block that's just. I experienced that myself, where I was in an area where I'm not gonna say exactly where, but one block over, that's where all the crime yes, happens. Yes, Literally, yes. on that block, like it doesn't spill out, which mm-hmm. mind boggling, yeah. but. I'm not saying that has anything to do with redlining because that whole neighborhood is redlined and yeah. uh, you have a group of people who are, you know, going through different forms of oppression because when that red line is drawn, that red line separates the neighborhood with money uh-huh. and the neighborhoods without yeah. access to resources. Yeah. I also want to mention mm-hmm. that what, like we were talking about with being denied at the banks that also prevents us from obtaining wealth. And that that causes a whole I mean, pretty much in the same vein of those type of issues, because if you can't, you know, get a house, you can't have that secure wealth. I think last time you were talking about, you know, people take out their mortgages in order to send their kids to better schools and stuff like that. We don't have access to that stuff. Then, of course, we're going to be in the position where we're going to be in places of poverty. And as we all know. That highly way more likely puts you in the position to be able to go to, I mean, put you in the position to uh, be uh, a criminal, end up in prison, and you're back you in the pipeline again. get caught up in again. the system. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Eli mentioned adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> AKA SOA. Uh, mentioned resources. You can have money, right? But a lot of times, and I will never forget when my brother said to me, referring to a poor, uh, uh, an area in East Flatbush, he was like, when kids come out of school, they don't have anything to do other than go home and watch TV. A lot of times, let's say summertime, there's a heat wave mm-hmm. going on. People don't have air conditioning. Sometimes food they don't have and activities in the house, they go outside. Yeah. You will drive by, walk by, and see people sitting on chairs on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, because the house is hot and yeah. there's nothing to do. And I, I'm always of the mind that the more I'm outside, you know how everybody's like, "We outside." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, the more I'm outside, the higher the chances of something happening, depending on your environment, right? Mm. So when you have people in in poverty situations who are stressed, going through depression, having anxiety, and don't realize like there's a lot of mental issues on this one block. Mm. Something is bound to happen. So these neighborhoods are also the ones that don't get funding in the schools. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear about the red line, 
we're separating the families who have resources and that can send their kids to, you know, these better schools. Mm-hmm. And we're separating them from the families who can't. Yeah. Precisely. And when those kids go to school, they're coming to school with that anxiety mm-hmm. and the depression. Yeah. And just an energy of hopelessness. Yeah. They're going to get into things with each other. And statistics show that black and brown kids, boys and girls, are suspended way more than their white peers. Mm-hmm. The more you're suspended, the higher the chances of you having an encounter with police before the age of 20. Yeah. If you have an encounter with police before the age of 20, the higher the chances that you will absolutely end up in jail or prison. Mm-hmm. That's a part of the pipeline. Sure. So one thing that always stands out to me is the fact that we come into this world and we're pure to some degree. Because some mm. of us do come in here wilding from jump. But we come into this world pure to some degree and we're joyful and bubbly, bouncing baby and needing breast milk and then you're walking around saying words and it's cute and everybody thinks you're cute. And by the time you turn age 10, you know, you start, you start getting your personality and being in these environments again in neighborhoods where the mental health issues are so high and prevalent, you're going to get affected. Right. And at some point, you're going to be interacting with people from that energy. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Yeah. You you end up getting arrested because sure. guess what? Especially in New York City, <clears throat> police is super prevalent in schools. We went from schools having faculty and teachers and parents collaborating to make sure that the environment is safe for kids. Then security was added and eventually straight up and down cops are in Mm -hmm. the school. So every little tiny infraction, any little thing that happens, it's no longer, let's call the principal. Let's talk to a counselor. Let's, you know, speak to this male figure in the school that everybody's probably, you know, afraid of or respects a lot. Now it's the cops are right there. Let's Mm -hmm. just call the cops. Yeah. And what are they doing with the kids? You know what I mean? What are um what are some things that you guys are doing at EW to kind of like, I, I guess combat this school to prison pipeline issue, or just even help after you know I've people have been through the pi- pipeline. You know, one of the main thing we do is provide folks an outlet to learn how to prepare themselves for the future in the sense of self sustainability. Uh-huh. You know, um, a lot of times when we talk about access and, uh, to resources, it, it does stem from school, from education, and um, we provide uh, technical education for uh, system impacted folks. Um, one of our programs is uh, our marquee program is a one-on-one virtual mentorship mm-hmm. where we pair folks with uh, industry professionals, software engineer to uh, teach them about programming, sure. coding uh, based on their skill level. There's three different phase of phases which speak to a, a person's skill level. And based on that, in conjunction with a few other things, they spend a total of 12 weeks learning not only that material, but also building their own projects. Mm-hmm. So they not only get to learn, but they also apply it as well as being compensated with a learning stipend. Sure. Uh, we also have a, a few mm-hmm. other um, uh, pro- uh, initiatives and programs uh, geared towards the youth um, mm-hmm. around really nationwide because we do have virtual programming but here more specifically in new york we have a partnership with the new york city mayor's office Mm. um which uh by the called next gen laquan what's up that (laughs) that allows um us to have a re-entry mentor Mm. to help um Mm -hmm. those uh, to help young people who are either system impacted or returning um home from incarceration with that re-entry support you know and from there they have access to all of our other programs which we have music programs, uh, Trap, which Mr. Mele is um, the sure. lead engineer for. Woo! I always wow. forget. Lit, lit, lit. And she, Enola was also a uh, mentee. Mm-hmm. In I the always forget. Virtual <laughs> yeah, you forget so, that too. Um, How long have you guys been in, like, been operating? 
Oh uh, man, so we actually just celebrated two years the other what? day. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, yeah. the amount of things <laughs> that you guys have done, it blows it, my it's mind. So like it, it's it, the it sounds like you have a lot of experience because the things are so specific. Like you have the right things that are needed. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the mentorship, like, oh, we have somebody to facilitate them to get jobs. We have this. We like it's so specific. It sounds like something that's been running for a long time. And like we figured it out mm -hmm. through, you know, experience. I think a big part of that is the Two fact years. that what I like about EW <clears throat> is you we don't, you know, no shade to anybody. But it kind of it's a disservice when you have people from certain demographics serving people that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And what I see at EW is a, a variety of perspectives sure. and just a super diverse team, which gives perspectives from different directions. Yeah. So it seems like they've been around forever because yeah. the people have actually been out there yes. and they know what and a it lot of people look are like. in the organization are just as like involved or have yeah, yeah, been. Yeah, or have been through the program yeah, but just wow. for, for more context um before we uh we were emerging works it was co-cooperative this was before my time there shout okay. out to alex chin and army um you know, they were army. Our executive director is, uh, was a mentee as well. Shout out to army. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the cards fell to a point where he ended up becoming executive director. And then, um, through really just community work and knowing the people in the community, you, you know, you just start siphoning, you know, folks who can really help build that vision. Um, I joined the program in the middle of COVID just with the intention Whoa. of learning um, some more digital skills that I can implement into, you know, my music, sure, sure. my fan base. And then I realized, oh, so if I know this, I can also make money from this and I can also help solve some problems that I see in my direct, like, career mm -hmm. path. And, um, you know, I stayed down and uh, thankfully now we have uh, – a team of around a dozen people now. So thank, wow. thank God, wow. uh, you know, the community has been pulling together to make sure that every single day of operation is not just impactful, but it's serving somebody, mm -hmm. you know, that's we're, we're just really big on, on serving our community. Beautiful. So one thing that I never considered is black and brown women. I feel like every group, gets painted with some type of stereotype surrounding sex. And I didn't really know that black and brown women are discriminated against and sexualized from a young age. And the groups who were coming in to teach them or the people who were running the schools, they don't necessarily understand the severity of these stereotypes or even that it is a stereotype. And they come in already with a bias and mm. judgment that ends up impacting how they interact with these girls. Have you ever heard people say, Puerto Rican girls are crazy? Yeah. Puerto yeah. Rican girls, like... Um, they crazy in bed. Mm. I was thinking about this the other day and it clicked in my head and I was like, oh, so that's what it looks like. Mm. That's white girls are crazy. Black girls are crazy. Mm -hmm. Indian people are crazy. True. Every single group that you can name has a side to them that's crazy. Yeah. But growing up in the hood, we perpetuated that stereotype as sure. well. Yeah. So we would hear, oh, she's Puerto Rican, you know. Yeah, or yeah. you would hear somebody's relationship story. Oh, the girl threw something at his car, broke a window or whatever. And then where's she from? She's Puerto Rican. Oh, that's why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We fed into that too. And sure. it didn't even occur to me like, <gasps> okay, so this is what happened. So when you have a person from another group, let's say a white person, right? <laughs> let's say. Let's say, because it could be 
Asian. Anyone, yeah. It could mm-hmm. be, and it could also be another black person who's removed. Sure. Coming in with that stereotype, and I already understand in my head that, oh, Puerto Rican girls are crazy. So when I come to this school and it has a bunch of Puerto Rican girls, I'm tense. Yeah. Sure. I'm coming into this situation judging them, and mm. I'm probably, based on their bias, going to treat them differently. Mm. And if I see a Puerto Rican girl maybe having anxiety, which might translate to me as aggression, I'm going to probably call the police mm. that's down the hall. It happens to black girls, too, where yeah. black girls are fast. I didn't even know other groups sexualize yeah. young black girls yeah. as promiscuous and yeah. fast. Meanwhile, I grew up hearing that the white girls are the ones that are drinking, partying, crazy, doing. That's true. That's true. So uh, everybody has a stereotype that, you know, we carry with us and. The goal is always to highlight these conversations, make them bigger mm-hmm. and figure out how do we get to the other side of it as individuals? We don't necessarily yeah. have to change the whole world. Yeah. My goal is not to do this podcast and oh, everybody that hears it, we glamour them. Glamour is a yeah. word from True Blood where <laughs> yeah. vampires hypnotize you. They glamour, glamour. you. Like, I don't want to glamour people. And when they hear it, they're like, oh. Yeah. stereotypes are gone no i want to make this conversation louder so hopefully if you're listening to this have this conversation with somebody you know sure. and sure. I, I i completely understand your perspective because that type of mindset is how you generalize people and when you do that like you kind of predetermine how you're going to treat them yeah instead of like treating them as an individual as like there, you know, that situation specific for that person. And you just, like you said, general. So when that black person walks in the bank, you already have your mind set up of who they are, what they do, how they're going to act. And what your uh, action is, yeah, what your action is going to be towards Mm. them. And I I completely understand that. It's sad and unfortunate. It's rather unfortunate. Yeah. But like you said, that is the best way to go about it. We having these conversations and we, you know, speaking about it, putting on the table, like, listen, this is not the way to go. We yes, we have done this for a long time, but it's time now to put it down. <laughs> so but I love good. how we all end up enforcing these negative values. Yeah. We cuz I'm sure at some point in time I had to have said Puerto Rican girls are crazy. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm sure I said I'm that sure based on too. what though? Like Yeah. Based on one girl that you knew. Not or, even or just some programming. Yeah, true. It's just true. programming. Yeah, Especially absolutely. when you have really segregated living environments. Yeah. So thing uh mindsets like that are pretty easy to 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 breed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I experienced that a lot um, growing up in Brentwood, because um, if you know, I mean, if you know, you know. But Brentwood, well, Long Island. Yeah, Brentwood or you Long Island is um, one of those places on Long Island that they, they, they tell people not to go. Um, but man, I grew up there. Not to say it was squeaky clean, but like a lot of the boogeyman mentality that they put on it. It just wasn't there. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. there. Like, I, I never really had any yeah. issues. I know, obviously, I'm not trying to downplay anybody's thing. Yeah, people <laughs> had issues. But I always have told people, like, listen, if you, like, you just keep your nose clean and you be right. Because a lot of the people that had issues were people who called upon the issues. It wasn't mm-hmm. like random situations. Like, it's not a place like you would go there and your car would just get robbed. <laughs> Like if you, not mean, if you were looking for the attention, it could if you happen. were in the wrong spot at yeah. the wrong time with the wrong people, yeah, it can happen. I mean, so you gotta get lit to get the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. God. We're rapping now, oh, guys. Oh. <laughs> when you bring musicians into the conversation, <laughs> so to kind of you know continue to touch on the aspect of the girls because I feel like a lot of times when we talk about prisons we forget that women are involved in this too. True. It always feels like when you hear jail or arrested or prison, for some reason, again, programming, yeah. your mind goes to, it's a dude, right? Yeah. But uh, one thing that happens with these girls is the teachers and 
you know, the faculty, they have low expectations of mm. them. Mm. So they set right. low standards. And when you set low standards, remember, you're helping to mold the minds of these kids. Yeah. When these standards are set low, the dropout rate is higher. Sure. The higher the dropout rate, the higher the chance of being policed. Mm. Oh, yeah. Encountering police in some way, whether it's being you know, stopped on the street. I definitely cut school and been pulled over by police. What are you doing out here? Me too. <laughs> oh my God. And the more you interact with the pol police, the higher your chances of being arrested. Sure, and right, then right. you end up in a place where, thank God for EW that employs people who were incarcerated. Mm. People can come to EW. Well, I don't want to put out a job ad, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, people. people <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. Everyone comes to EW. Over sixty percent no, so of our of our of, our, of the staff is six in, is system impacted. Wow. So that says great, a lot. Man, that does. Over sixty percent. Guess what? That's crazy. And there's a large number of those people who traditionally will not be accepted. One, much less hired. Mm. So okay. what happens when you have people who were wrongfully incarcerated, mm. people who were rehabilitated if, you know, they did have an issue? Right. What happens to these people yeah. when they go into the world of jobs yeah. or schools? It's another form of uh, like redlining because we all know mm. if you have a... Uh, a, a big F on your record, aka a felony. Woo! Yeah, good luck, bro. Good luck. And for so long, like us saying, yeah, good luck, bro. That's that is it was used as a like a as wow. a, a way to easily weed people out of these industries, out of these positions. So when you look at something like technology, uh, which traditionally. Uh, the traditional candidate is, you know, a white guy or an Asian guy. Mm -hmm. And like that was done you know, on purpose. So when you look at people who are qualified, not taking anything away from those traditional candidates, because those types of roles is about intelligence. It's about applying the knowledge. Right. Uh -huh. But that doesn't that's not exclusive to one group of people. Right. So now when you look at tech being what, 4.9 percent black. Or just of peel or, or with of peel people of color. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, 4. wait. Four point nine percent. Hold on. What? Wait. Too low. That. It's not. It's it actually isn't because you can't name. No, 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 no. Oh. It is oh. incredibly too low. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. But I'm sound saying, right. It, but what, if you, you really more? think about it, how many black technologists or black led organizations or people Absolutely. just working black folks, brown folks working in these different tech spaces? I don't think I know one. And I mean, that's a who? huge problem. That's a huge problem. So basically what what I'm hearing is 4.9% of the people who are leading the charge in tech. No, just black 90, POC representation. You said 95%. So no. Oh, oh okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. the, the 95.1% uh -huh. are not people of color. That's crazy. So if technology is where the world is and where the world is inevitably going to end up mm -hmm. fully immersed in technology and 95.1% of the people don't look like you. Yeah. What happens? Like, who's I mean, you're not going to feel inclined or encouraged to want to take those jobs or even go down that road. And that's another mind that's ah, another mind trick yeah. that's another mind trick those are two things right because typically we're thinking oh you're not gonna get hired because they're gonna hire their people but yeah. what he just said is the part that we don't think that's about true too. people when you look into spaces and you don't see anyone yeah, like you you're like, you, like i, you're yeah, like, I don't want to go there yeah, yeah optics is a huge huge part of life um you know yeah you always got to do your due diligence and like know your shit but at the end of the day like I want to see myself in this space, you know? So when we talk about music or entertainment, it's not a bad thing that so many of us are in that space, but mm. it's just imbalanced. Yeah. That's all it is. If we're looking at like how to truly, uh, what's the word? 
if we're looking to truly close the wealth gap in this country, it's about preparing people for the jobs that are actually going to be around a year, two, three, four, five years. Because that's, really that's right. another thing. And, yep. you know, when you keep people out of um, or when you uh, restrict access to certain mm -hmm. resources for people, especially when it comes to education. Um, yeah, it's you're, you. That's the easiest way that you can leave people behind. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about saying, no, you can't do this. Yeah. We're just going to say, oh, you have a felony. <sighs> Yeah. Sorry. Oh, you're from where? Sorry. Yeah. You know, and like it starts, it's always that. It starts, it starts young. It, it starts young. So that's why when we talk about uh, the school to prison pipeline, it's already getting uh, young people in the mindset that certain things aren't made for you, that you don't have access here, or you shouldn't even think about that because yeah. of where you live. So. You know, uh, here at EW, we like to say the school to tech pipeline mm -hmm. because technology doesn't being in the tech space doesn't mean you have to go to Yale. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to go to UCLA. Doesn't mean you have to go to MIT. You can have whatever education you have or lack of and mm -hmm. still be able to garner enough skills to be able to provide yourself a high paying and or just a sustainable job in the tech space. Mm -hmm. We all have uh, smartphones here. We all have social media. You know how many jobs require those two things? Yeah. We've been on MySpace. True. We've been on AOL. We've been here since the beginning of the internet. We've been operating so, tech. So, yeah. so in a lot of ways, the, the people who um, have built the technology space, especially black and brown folks who a lot of technology is targeted towards. Sure. It's easy. It's, it's too, it's, it's re remarkably obvious how, imbalance that representation is uh -huh. so we can be the biggest consumers oh but we can't be behind the board mm. programming the apps yeah. oh that's going too far yeah. oh that's yeah. too much power it's, it's like more redlining in because a, in if another sector exactly imagine if everyone on your block um was making seventy five thousand dollars a year eighty thousand yeah. and they actually had like a uh, um, cost of living adjustments yeah like those things which are normal in the tech in tech now in the tech space mm -hmm. like that should be more mainstream that should be more accessible because of what that means is more people will have access to sustainable lives yeah. they won't have to resort to certain uh scenarios or resort to certain um uh even just crime yeah because yeah, yeah. now they have a, a sustainable way of life um, question for both for both of you, and uh, this is like a two part question. So, solutions. What do you think are some solutions that we can do, starting with prevention, like before we get to the pipeline? How do we avoid the pipeline, and then going into if you do get in the pipeline, rehabilitation? Like, what do we do after? So, starting with before, how do we prevent? Just some ideas or any ideas you have of solution or stuff that you really know. Um, well, for one, is exposing uh, young people or younger people like kids to technology, how to you use it for um, outside of TikTok. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. how to actually use this technology to build your resume, um, how to use this technology just to make your life more convenient. So when it's time for you to use um, uh put your story into your resume, you know exactly how to do it. Yeah. You have, a lot of these kids have skills that some of these grown-ass adults have reshaped yeah. their entire lives to yeah, get. These kids true. are different. Only difference is they don't realize, or, or part of me, they're not being told that these skills are profitable. Yes. So you can be a social media manager at 17 years yeah. old. You yeah. can absolutely do that. Yeah. It's Your almost like having mm -hmm. a trade, like how like in our Precisely. generation, it was like, you got to have a trade so mm -hmm. you can get Precisely. a job. Like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm imagine sorry, that same energy for folks that are just coming home from jail. Folks that are, that they know the reentry rate is super high. Yes. Or they're in New York and they know that, oh, recidivism is like a little bit over 40, I believe, 40%, mm -hmm. a little wow. bit less. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So there's a lot of resources here these days because a lot of people who have went through the system and then survived it and were able to get back on their feet, mm -hmm. they didn't just run off. They still 
looked back and reached Thank their hand goodness. out Super fast. and brought people in. Thank so goodness. So from us, into the internal team at Emergent Works, even to our mentors, folks who are in the tech space, who are looking to see a change in it. I had a mentor tell me one time, yeah, I, I got a great job and like I got all the money that I, I was hoping to get, but my job doesn't spiritually fulfill me anymore. Wow. Bro, you make... I don't even want to say how much money on this oh, yeah. microphone right now, but your life is good enough to a point where you don't have to worry about the societal mm. problems. Yeah. But internally, it's messing you up because sure. you know what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Mm. Like these, like we're talking to people every day who know what the next three years look like because some mm. of their colleagues, some of their friends are the ones doing it. And they either don't like it and want to be part of that change or they're, you know, just trying to revolutionize this whole space by sure. truly prov providing access. Sure. So. I mm. think that educators have to be better trained because one thing that I've experienced coming into this country was when I moved to Flatbush, Brooklyn from Guyana all of the white people that I inter interacted with were in some type of authority position. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't fellow, um, it wasn't classmates, it wasn't people in the neighborhood. It was police, teachers, doctors. Uh -huh. And a lot of times they don't even live in those places. Sure. They have no interaction with these people outside of this job, them doing what they were trained right. to do. And they are often not trained to look at the human side of it. Sure. So when these kids are coming to school and they're behaving a certain way, mm. we're not tapping into what's the reason why yeah. you're like this? What's Where are you coming from? What's happening in your house, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's the same with police. You have police from Long Island. <laughs> the eye roll is real. From Long Island, no, Suff real, Suffolk County, who... Yeah. Don't know any black people yeah. who are in Hunts Point, who are in Hunts Point or in Hunts Point. like Gun Hill Road or 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 East New York. Mm -hmm. And it's not exactly. saying that they can't. Gun Hill there. Road. They're not Brownsville. Saying Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, because it's, it's very triggering to think that. But the thing is, is like it's, it's not that they can't. It's the fact that there's no true effort to connect with the folks there. Yeah. And I think no matter how much, there's always new trainings happening within different departments, especially these days. But, what's, I will, but what I don't think is necessarily being focused upon is that interpersonal connection you need to have with that yeah. neighborhood that you're yeah. controlling. Mm -hmm. Yo, you may not grow there. You can care less about the people there, but you better respect the people in that neighborhood mm -hmm. so they can do the same. And, yeah. you know, it's two, it's a two-way street, but it's it's hard to, to ask for respect when that respect isn't given yeah. back in an amicable way. So, you know, yeah. when you have people from all from different parts and I'm sure, you know, they have, they say they have their reasons. Oh, you don't want someone from this block patrolling this block. It's too close. Safety, X, Y, Z. But it's not necessarily true because we yes. see community pe policing yes. so many other places in Absolutely. the country. Absolutely. And, and not just focusing on New York, but mm -hmm. anybody who disagrees with community policing being a viable option to really like yeah. have uh, a sem uh, to have semblance with the yeah. community. They're, and they can the, the community policing and just in general, even like you were saying with the teaching thing, it's important because the the people from that community can understand what each other is going through. Mm. So you may see a kid down and sad at class, and you may be like, "Oh, maybe you know he ha he got yelled at by his mom, or maybe he's hungry." That's my exact point. You know what I mean, like yeah, exactly. Like like they don't consider. And but it's so funny you guys were saying that. <clears throat> Because it made me think about the reason why that separation is, is because of things like redlining. But it's on purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all these things. It's, all like, it's absolutely on purpose. We, we're going to put someone into a neighborhood who isn't trained to connect with the humanity mm -hmm. aspect of society. They're trained to look for, are you guilty or are you innocent? Mm -hmm. And if you're having some type of erratic behavior, which might just be some human response to something you experienced in an unhealthy or toxic environment, 
Nobody is looking at you like, oh, this person clearly needs nurturing. And a piece of advice that I've given uh, parents, you know, I, I always say that when your child falls down and gets hurt, you go to their aid right? For the most part, you're like, what's wrong with your knee? Oh my gosh, it's bleeding. You figure out what's, if the arm is broken, you go to the doctor, Mm -hmm. you try to get assistance because you on your own don't know how to heal a broken bone. Mm -hmm. So you go out there, you get, you know, pain meds or whatever, but when it's mental, when it's an emotional pain or something that's happening spiritually, we completely overlook that. We don't attack it with the same tenacity that we do when it's physical. So the same thing that you would do for your child when they're having physical pain is the same thing that you should be doing when they're having mental pain. Mm -hmm. And teachers ain't doing that because I grew up in a situation where I feel like I'm, I'm going to homeschool my kid. And I didn't even know that I didn't even remember that at 16, 17, I had already made the decision that I'm not sending my kid to school Mm -hmm. because I didn't know there were schools that had better resources and Mm -hmm. people who were more attentive and more engaging and actually doing things outside of getting yelled at. And I've been in so many classrooms where it was super disruptive and the teacher was just there just ignoring everybody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. waiting for the bell to ring so he or she could move on with their lives so again me being in that space not understanding that the world was bigger than that i made that decision early like my kid is not going to go through this Mm. but what was happening there i was uh very very intelligent on a roll in school but I ended up dropping out of high school. I didn't even graduate high school because the emotional and traumatic things that I was experiencing as a person, Mm -hmm. nobody in school looked at me or any of my friends who were going through things that they were going through and said, you know what? These kids need this, that, and the third. It was people, you know, getting arrested was culture in high school. People were getting arrested and it was normal. We were, it wasn't, oh my gosh, somebody's getting arrested. It was, oh, this person just got knocked or this person just got bagged or this person just, you know, the police probably drag them in the car, question them. It was just so normal. So mm. the adults in the situation who were supposed to be helping to nurture us and prepare us and for the protect. world, they were just preparing us. And I'm speaking from personal experience, which is a reflection of millions of other black and brown kids around this country they were just pushing us out into the world of the the justice system (laughs) and you in the pipeline. How can you avoid it when the first people that you see when you come to school in the morning are police Mm -hmm. and they're usually not respectful Sure. because again, they're coming into it with this bias, right? These Mm -hmm. kids are, yeah. They're like you first, they don't have ambition or whatever it is that they're thinking. So, if you're coming into this situation knowing like my friend has a pit bull and the pit bull likes to bite people, when you go to their house, you're already tense. Mm-hmm. A lot of these or even people, if you see a pit bull, you're like, whoa, facts. And bite. a lot of these teachers and police, they're scared too. Oh, they're coming sure. into these situations fearful. So how are you meeting me where I'm at when one, you're afraid of me? Mm-hmm. And two, you have no training to understand what I could possibly be going through, which is the same thing as you. If you as a white person or any other type of human experience a very specific sequence of events, you're going to react to it a very specific way because sure. we're programmed too. we're like mm-hmm. computers, too. Yeah. Right. So that's my uh, solution that the people who are in charge need to appeal directly to the humanity of it but guess what prison is a business prison is a business why would we why would we as justice system people want everybody to be healed and getting along and not getting arrested yeah that it don't make us no money. Cripple them no money. The economy yeah. if jails and all of the companies affiliated with prisons 
the, the companies that make the toothbrush, the companies that make the uniforms, the companies that make the jail beds, the companies that are in charge of um, people in jail getting paid. Yeah. There's a very specific way that people get paid. Um, Company that needs the license plates printed. Everything. Yeah. So prisons not existing will be a domino effect for banks that fund them, for moguls and billionaires that fund them. This will affect everybody. So do we want to lose our money? No. So of course, we're going to have this pipeline available so we can keep this funnel going mm -hmm. and people keep this cash flow coming. The point of this conversation is for parents and people of the community to be aware that this is a thing. And now that you're aware, you do have a responsibility to keep an eye out. Uh, kids that are suspended at a higher rate, pay attention to that. It's happening from preschool. They're suspending kids. What can a preschooler really do? Yeah, that's, that's insane. What are Really? So if you're having some type of anxiety or reacting to some type of dark emotional state that you're in as a child, somebody's like, you know what? When you're going through whatever you're going through, you you're, you can't be among us. Yeah. You go home. Yeah. You go home for a day or two, or we kick you out of the school, period. Mm -hmm. That's the message that we're giving these kids, that when you're going through a crisis... Deal with it on your own. You're not accepted. You're out. Yeah, Deal with it on your you. own. Wow. So... It's true. This conversation is to highlight this and for people to take a better look at what's happening around them, especially if your kid gets suspended... Yo, I'm a big fan of therapy. I, I, especially in kids, I love it when people can start out in the world with tools, emotional tools. What do I do when something makes me feel anxious? What do I do when my emotions are so big? I don't know what to do with it. And instead of punching somebody in the face, I figure out tactics of how to walk through those uncomfortable feelings. So that's my solution <laughs> to <laughs> answer the question that you solution. asked 30, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> no, but it's important and every small detail is important. So yeah, I appreciate that. It's awesome. Anything else? I think we're ready. You ready already? I think we're ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. For oh, it. yeah, I, I guess so we, we got to explain okay. this part of okay, it. Okay, right? you explain because I feel like I just talked my head yeah, off. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, so as you know, um, Adrenaline here is the producer and he's the one usually on the other side of the camera asking us the questions. If you don't know, now you know. So um, we're going to switch it up a little bit and we're going to be the ones to ask him the SOA Q and A adrenaline question of the day okay. questions. Do we need to do the official intro? I'm gonna take a breath. Okay, yeah. All right, you're right. We didn't take our breath. Breath. Are we doing it together? Or? Okay. Just release all of that because it's very triggering, and I just want my body to release that energy. <sighs> <laughs> So normally we would do the mantra. We're gonna have him do it ah, this time. I'm a I like guess, man. I don't mantra. know what y'all talking lit. about. <laughs> the SOA. Go ahead. Nah, it's all good. What's up, everybody? This is the SOA Q and A, aka the adrenaline question of the day. Let's get hey. it. Go and go and be honest don't be trying yeah, to because you be making us here for. Right. So anyway <laughs> what would be your elevator pitch to aliens for why they should abduct you what would be my elevator pitch for aliens for them to abduct me for why they should, for why they should abduct me um I hate elevator pitches. You Sorry. Huh? Nothing good. Um, <laughs> um, oh, um, I mean, I would say 
Look, guys. <laughs> there's no time like now, and clearly we crossed paths for a reason. So beam me up, Scotty. Hey, okay. Look, guys. Look, guys. Yeah, it's like, come on, let's cut the pleasantries. Look, I'm my here, dude. you're here. <laughs> I want to know what's up there. You're trying to figure out what's in my head. Hopefully, that's the only place. And, you know. Stop. <laughs> and, you know, let's, let's get to it. Just make sure y'all bring me back Just in time. Just put everything for, back. For no Kane. probing. <laughs> no probing. I bet. That's funny. Um, so, if you had the opportunity to create a movie, what would the synopsis of your movie be? The synopsis of my movie. Um, what would the synopsis of if I created a movie? What would the synopsis be? Is it a movie by himself or just random? Anything. It could be. Okay. Just keep it to a movie. That's, yeah. that's fine. If it's just a movie, I would say, well, one I would call it only up from here. Mm. And then the synopsis would be. Seven people, no, three people from three, com- like going through some three different extreme, <laughs> huh? Three people. No, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. y'all got y'all all out. Wait, hold on. Movie. Movie. <laughs> movie, all right. Nah. Um, oh, I, it, it, the movie. It, it would be a synopsis. <laughs> the synopsis would be um about three people um going through like three extreme ass circumstances in life. Um, and somehow they were they crossed paths, and at that intersection point, that's when the problem or the answer to all of their problems were solved. Oh, and journeying and what that means for each person, and uh, yeah. So I don't want to give away too much because nah, I don't know who's idea. watching it. I that's a good I, idea. But yeah, well, so I really he doesn't I want like me that. in the movie, so that movie's gonna be trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. He excluded us from the beginning. Like, oh, no, tell me. All right. Give so, me some extras. <laughs> I copy that. All right. So, next question. Yeah. What's something weird that you do when you're at home and nobody's watching? <laughs> oh, um, keep it real. Keep it 100. Weird. I don't want to say, like, I'll go on, like, Pornhub or something because that's mad obvious. Like, <laughs> the fuck like, like everybody's done that that's, that's not common. that's right yeah. so that's just a tuesday right. yeah like what are we talking about um uh. oh i know um i have conversations with the tv so i like talking to myself which i don't think is weird but like when i'm watching movies i like to have like dialogues with them before like whoever they're talking to actually responds and then like it allows me to stay more engaged with the movie but I don't like doing that around other people because it's distracting. <laughs> and I think it's very distracting, I, I haven't I had imagine. the best experiences with people catching me doing that. So I, I, I like to, I'm a movie guy. So I really like jumping into the characters and all right, being so, a character. All right. So I, was, I don't know if that meets y'all weird meter, but. Uh, it depends. Okay, so let me, can we delve into that just okay. a little? Do you uh-huh. mind? No. All right. So. Can we role play a little bit? Like, oh shit! I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be the TV. Okay. And I'm gonna say something because I want to see how you uh, do it. This is, this I, wa- <laughs> I want to see how you do it, right? Okay. And okay. um, I should probably text somebody right now to go to his house and plan cameras so he can see how he does it. But okay, so I'm the TV, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm just talking. <sighs> Johnny, I am not in the mood for your crap today. I don't know if I would have responded to it. Uh, <laughs> all right, just for the sake of it. All right, th- let's go for another line. Do another line. Let me let me get in my... Oh, Johnny, I'm not in the mood for your crap today. Did I ask what you were in the mood for? Oh, that's how you do it? <laughs> what do you mean is that how we do it? Oh, so we're going to keep doing it? Ah, uh, see, she ain't about that life. <laughs> she ain't about that life. She ain't about she ain't that. About I think the improv. I just life, feel like man. it would no, because you it see w- how it was no. What do you mean? Because that's, how it be. that's where the weirdness started to come hey, in. That's you asked him uh, the question. Listen, that man, is I, just, I just wanted to know the one response. <laughs> I didn't want to do a complete. Thing. 
I said I had a to complete get him scene. Zone. Oh, I had to right. get him on Denzel DiCaprio. I copy that. <laughs> all right. So, um, do you believe in the simulation theory? Do I believe in the simulation theory? Simulation theory. That we're in a simulation. Do I believe that? Do I believe in the simulation theory? Um. I've been watching this show called Westworld a lot, which is like oh. really cool and um, like in regards to like simulations and stuff. But I do believe that um, we don't have this shit figured out. I don't think that anything is true. I think because life is so complicated mm. and men like humans have the ability to deceive per uh, and have different angles of perception. Mm. Um, I don't think any of us have it right. And I don't think that there is a simulation because I do believe that you are the master of your own universe. Mm. And if you truly don't the master of your, your own universe, or at least journeying to being the master of your universe, you control your outcomes. You understand what happens to you a lot more. Isn't it possible? that in the simulation that's what they make you believe that's that's i mean that's if, that's what you believe it. though that's if you believe that but sure. i believe that i am that nobody's puppeteering me every decision that i've made i'm making every mm. question that i have I, the answer is at some point in my life mm. or has appeared at some point in my life so yeah i mean I guess if, if you want to believe that that could be the simulation, yeah. I don't think anybody has that type of control over your your. I wish you inside. had said yes. That would have made you cooler. <laughs> we're in a simulation. Yeah, we're in a simulation, guys. My name's Neo. <laughs> Neo. What's yours? Like, yeah, I think that. I just think that's interesting. That, yeah. Yeah. No, I, fuck all that, man. Like, no, nah, like, like you control your life. Like people have to stop believing that like everything is like somebody being yeah, controlled by someone else. That's true. Like, let's be but real about it. But why are you telling it. people to stop believing? No, 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 it. no. You know, I'm telling them to stop because you can't just fully believe that you don't have control. Yeah. When yeah. you know that when there's control systems that mm -hmm. you are aware of and you see, oh, that's how they got me. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Yeah. But, but that's like not conspiracy a conspiracy. Yeah. Of like, but I'm, oh, they, I, they're doing this to me. They're doing this I like to me. that like, you led with none of us know. Yeah. So like that's why so it comes down to what you believe. You I I my belief on that is not my question, but I'm just gonna put my answer in there anyway. <laughs> My belief is we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We have no idea what's happening here. Yeah. We don't. We don't. Nobody knows. How are they going to know? How will they know? How are they going to know? They're going to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know, I guess. Hashtag. If you know, you know. Hashtag. Yeah. All right. I, wonderful. Wonderful. Hashtag I-Y-K-Y-K. Yeah, something like that. Let's type it out, man. You're too grown for that. I can't Oh, shit. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yeah. Um, I love that, you know, we can talk about something that's happening in our society that sure. the conversation needs to be louder about, but also... Mm -hmm. tap into the real human experience of hey this is there are different sides to this we can uh -huh. get lighthearted. we can have a good time and we really appreciate everybody for tuning in and having a good time with us uh, make sure you follow us on instagram the nola row experience podcast and um should they like subscribe and all of that stuff oh, yeah all the time for sure. I just wanted to say before we get out of here, please, if you guys are interested in emergent works or yes. just getting a, a better grasp on digital literacy and coding, um, or even just opportunities that are here for young people in New York City, sure. no matter what it is, please feel free to reach out um, to me at uh, it's Eli at emergentworks.org, or you can check us out at, on social media, on all social media platforms at Emergent Works. That's E-M-E-R-G-E-N-T works, W-O-R-K-S underscore.
You can find us at that um, at that at name on all platforms. Can't wait to get in touch with y'all. And uh, as always, so you always, just gave out your email. What if women start emailing you? So be oh it. Everybody can, yeah, everybody can learn. Peace, Everybody can learn. All right, much love. Appreciate you. Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. No love, no love.